Well, we're on a road trip. And as I said, that road trip is your life. It's your life. It's a journey. And we're all on this journey uh, individually and we're traveling together. We've kind of given this uh, imagery and this kind of worked, you know, the uh, vacation Bible school stuff, you know, uh, with the whole idea of traveling. But that's what, that's what we're doing in this life. And we've kind of tied it together with a road trip, with vacation, just so you could kind of, we could attach a few things with this. Um, the whole goal is just getting there. I believe that you should live your life in this way, that every step is an arrival. Every step, and you may not even fully know at the time what you're arriving at or what that's a part of, but you need to live your life leaning forward. Every step is an arrival. And where are we trying to arrive? Where are we trying to go? We're trying to, all of us, get to a better place in life. How many of you wouldn't mind a little better place in life? And I'm not talking about your house or whatever. I'm just talking about your, your situations. That life could be better. Y'all, y'all hear it? Life could be better than what it is. And I'm not talking about it getting perfect because it will not get perfect this side of heaven. There's some errant teaching, little pockets of it that that are out there in in Christian world that, you know, everything, it's just going to get so good and we're going to get so good and we're we're going to take over and then Jesus will cancel some stuff and just have to come back and be with us. And I have to tell you, first of all, that's not Bible. And second of all, it ain't real. Okay. That's not going to happen. But on this side of it all, we do have promises. And if you look at what the promises of God actually are, they talk about helping us, delivering us, saving us, blessing us. There's so many things in the promises of God that show that God wants to help us in our trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous and the Lord makes them worse. Is that what the scripture says? No, and he delivers us out of them all. And so, you know, God wants to do good to his kids. And I think we should believe and embrace that and be moving forward, moving toward a better place in life. If you're with me, just kind of bob your head, okay? The second thing I think should be good and godly goals. Every one of us, I don't care if you're really, really old, you know, uh, you need to have good and godly goals. Well, I've met all my goals. We'll get some new ones because you're still breathing, I noticed, you know? And so get them from God that we should have good and godly goals. We should be a blessing to people. We should be accomplishing things. Even if you're way retired or you're just starting out in life, you should have some good and godly goals. And every step is what? It's, a, it's an arrival. And then ultimately our destination is where? Heaven. Ultimately our destination is it's heaven, heaven. I'm going, I'm going. And there's only one other place to go, you know? And so uh, I, I've chosen where I'm going and we know how to get there. And part of that, hopefully we would uh, take a few folks along with us too. Can I get an amen out of the church today? So the purpose of this teaching, actually the purpose of the church, uh, within the staff culture and our language even, we always try to define what is the win what is the win? So even with Vacation Bible uh, School coming up, uh, this road trip series, anything that we do, what is the win? And ultimately, let me show you, we've, we've worded it kind of this way, is to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Why don't you read that with me? Helping you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And, you know, that would be the win. If that happens this week in, Vi- in Vacation Bible School, wouldn't that be a good thing that we, that we help you know, hundreds of children move from where they are closer and closer to where God wants them to be. That'd be, that'd be a good thing. And and purpose of this series too. And so just want, again, the idea of movement and travel and this, and this road trip, we find in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, it says, for in him, we live and move and have our being. 
All of that ties together. Again, get the idea out of this base verse for our series here that it's, yes, sir, um, uh, (laughs) that we are in motion here. This road trip is indeed our life. Today, I want to talk about this. We want to talk about traveling companions, traveling companions. Who is it that's traveling with you? Who are you traveling with? You know, on a trip, think about it, on, on a road trip or whatever, you, um, you, you ever travel together like in a caravan? Not the van van, but like caravan? You all with me? Okay, that's still a third back. Okay. Uh, and it, you've got multiple cars going. Well, who's riding with you? Who do you not want riding with you? You know, who do you want to ride shotgun with or, or you want to drive or, or you don't want to drive? You know, be with you. And so think about that in life. Uh, Who are you traveling with? It's friends. It's family. It's the commercial says family. You know, we've got all that going on. And this is what you've got to realize. Do not miss this. The people you travel with in life. And and you can't really choose your family. Okay? But you can choose your friends. Y'all listen. Okay? You can choose... You can choose your friends. And and let me say something about your friends, and you know this to be true. Your friends who you travel life with will have great impact on both the quality and the direction of your life. The quality and the direction of your life. Who you hang out with, who you, quote, travel with, it's going to have great impact on that. Who you travel with is pretty important. And as a matter of fact, who you travel with is going to determine largely how your journey goes. And so we're going to take a good look at this today. We've, we've uh, looked at this over the years that there are four types of people. There are adders, subtractors, multipliers, and dividers. How many of you are thinking some folks right now? Okay. Okay. You got people who add to your life. You like to see them coming. You have people who subtract. They take away from you. They drain you. You got people who multiply. We love them. And then you've got dividers in your life. How many of you know there's some people in life, they make you glad that somebody invented caller ID? (laughs) Right? There's just, there's some people in life that, you know, and and you laugh at me and don't judge me. Don't judge me and say, well, uh, pastor, that's not very nice that you would say that. But if you have caller ID, how many of you before have looked to see who it was and go, oh, not now, not now, not up for today, right? And then there's other people, ah, oh, you can't wait, you know? And so again, there are in our life adders, subtractors, multipliers, and dividers. I think this thing went off for a minute. So should I do this? Should I turn it on? There it is. All right, see if it comes back. There we go. All right. How many of you know that Jesus did not have to worry about technology? <laughs> okay. We're not worried either. We're not. Um, speaking of that, some people come and um, some of you will not even have any idea what I'm talking about. But there used to be uh, door-to-door salesmen. And there was one who came to our house one time. He was a brush salesman. And he had a big suitcase kind of thing, seersucker suit, little bow tie kind of deal, you know, and he just walked, he, he should have been on, you know, Mayberry, but, uh, 
My mom saw him coming because my mom was always looking out the blinds and out the curtain. That was just my mom. See what was going on out there, you know. And uh, one day, apparently, he's coming up the driveway and my mom made us all hide (laughs) and be quiet. And this was the thing because she was convinced that he would never leave unless she bought something because that was kind of her experience. So again, there are adders, subtractors, multipliers, and dividers in life. Scripture goes a little bit further and in the book of Proverbs... And before I get into Proverbs, let me talk about Proverbs. How many Proverbs are there? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. How many Proverbs are there? 31. How many days are there in most months? I think they should go together. Okay. So today being the 22nd, you know, you should read Proverbs 22. Tomorrow you should read 23 and so on and so forth. And so, um, and some of you, and I always have to qualify this, some of you say, well, not every month has 31 days. What do I do? You figure it out, okay? You can either skip one, double up, whatever, and uh, I trust that in the end it'll work out for you. But in the Proverbs, and in Proverbs 13, verse 20, let's see if we got this here, in the New International Version, it says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Would you read this verse with me? Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. In your life, is this verse true? Absolutely. Listen to it in the message paraphrase. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. True. True again. And so what we have in this passage here, keeping it in mind, we have both a promise and a warning. We've got a promise and a warning. The promise is this. If you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. The warning is this. If you hang out with fools, if you're a companion of fools, you're going to suffer harm. In the context of the book of Proverbs, it points us to this. It's going to damage your present. It's going to damage your future. And so we want to look on and and kind of unpack this and sort this out. And before we leave here today, you're going to have everybody in your life kind of sorted out. And I'll go ahead and cut to the chase. Not getting rid of anybody, but we've got to sort this out in our life. Now, let's define what the wise is. The wise know what is right and wrong. And they choose right. They know what is right and wrong. And they choose right. Fool is the opposite. A fool knows what is right and wrong. And a fool chooses what? They choose wrong. Now, let's look at it a little bit deeper. A wise person. A wise person. They are able to understand that all of life is connected. I know it's raining outside, your car is getting washed, you're safe, you're dry, stay with me. Okay, we've got a few minutes here. And we'll believe this this will pass when we're done. If not, we'll order pizza. Or or we've got about a half a ton of goldfish stocked up for vacation Bible celebration, and we'll get that out for everybody, okay? Lunch on me, all right? So stay, stay with me here. A wise person understands that all of life is connected. Let me explain that a little bit further. A wise person understands that today, my thoughts, my behavior, my actions, my choices today are going to have an impact on tomorrow. Can I prove that to you? 
How many of you had some things in your yesterdays that had you not done that? Some things might be a little better, different today. Or how about this? I wish I had done that because had I done that back there, man, what would have happened in my life today? You ever seen an invention on TV and you thought, no, I thought of that. You know, you, you came up with it, but you did nothing with it. Wish I had, wish I had, wish I had not in our life. We've got a lot of those. And you know what we should learn from the present is today was connected to yesterday. And today is also connected to tomorrow. And the wise understand that. The wise understand that what I do today, we talk about all the time, you know, what you do day by day takes you to your future. That's wisdom. Yet you understand my attitude today, my actions today, my discipline, my choices, my things I do today are connected to tomorrow. They're going to have great impact on tomorrow. Can I get an amen out of y'all today? Okay, the fool does not understand that. Or, and I'm not trying to be abrasive, offensive. The foolish do not understand that. They don't conceive, they don't see that what I do today has any bearing on tomorrow. So consequently, they just live right now. That's one of my concerns for our world today is everybody just living just, just in the now. And when you do that, it does not work well for you. I saw about two years or so ago on the news, um, these rebels... Militants somewhere had overtaken somewhere. It happens all over our world all the time. And they had now hoisted their flag up some flagpole and were celebrating. And they've got these fully automatic weapons. And they go out into the streets and they're just going, and this is what they forgot. That what goes up must come down. And six of them died. That's foolish. Or we do this right now in the now, I got some money, I got some money. Or you get a little extra money, your tax return or a little whatever. And we don't know what to do with it. We think it has to be spent now. You know, God may have put it in your life for tomorrow. And so what we end up doing then is with things sometimes, we just use them all for now with no idea of tomorrow. We, we don't even think literally of the next day and we waste our energy and lose out on sleep and different things and we're not prepared for the next day. In the context of the Proverbs, it, it, it even pulls this out. That a, a fool is the one who walks by and pulls the tail of a dog. What are the chances that you might get bit? Or it is a fool who wanders in and meddles in a quarrel that is not his own. You might get punched. So if you don't realize that what I do now, how I think now, the decisions I make now are going to affect tomorrow, please hear this. If you don't understand that, then you're going to end up broke and tired and wounded. You know, we've got to think about it. As a, as a kid, I remember that my buddies in the neighborhood, they go, come on, man, we're going to go do this. Okay. You know, we, they build some crazy ramp. We're going to ride our bikes off. Has anybody been off this yet? No. It's going to be awesome, said the guy who already has two broken teeth, you know? And so we go off this and then somebody crashes and go, you're going to go tell his mom, you know, because, you know, laying there injured or whatever. What is that? That's a failure to think ahead, to realize that all of life is connected. And in our life, on your little road trip, how many of you know that you have both the wise and the foolish? We have both of those in our life. Now... 
if they don't care about their own lives, if they don't care about their own future and you're a companion of fools, then guess what? They won't be too concerned about yours either. As the scripture said, if you hang out with fools, if you're a companion of fools, you will suffer harm. It does not say that if you hang out with fools, you'll necessarily become a fool. But here's the reality. Something bad will happen. Something bad will happen. We'll look at this a little bit further in just a moment. Um, Not necessarily become a fool, but the shrapnel, so to speak, of devastation in their life will hit your life if you're close enough to it. Studies show, don't miss this, studies show that almost all, almost all emotional problems and psychological problems have at its core, if not close to it, unhealthy connections. I want to say that again. Wherever you find emotional problems, psychological problems, and it results in addiction, results in anger, results in uh, depression, all of those things, at the core of it, you're going to find, or either at the core or real close to it, you're going to find unhealthy connections. You know, promiscuity, drug addiction, uh, excessive anger, laziness, all kinds of things. Those are going to come ultimately from something that was supposed to energize, motivate, and direct your life. And consequently then, because of unhealthy connections. We've got to be careful of this. We'll sort it out a little bit more as we go here. There's one more category that scripture brings up, and it's evil. Uh, The Proverbs bring out the wise, foolish, scoffers. And again, the wise know right and wrong, and they choose right. Foolish know right and wrong, they choose wrong. A scoffer just kind of is a mocker. And that's related to this, this other category, and it's called evil or bad company. And a lot of times they know right and wrong, or they may not, but they're very intentional about the wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 in the New International says this, Do not be misled. Watch this. Bad company corrupts good character. Read this part with me. Bad company corrupts good character. Is it true? Has it happened for you? I'm going to say something right now, and I don't want to ruin anybody's fun, but hopefully I'm going to save somebody's life and somebody's future, okay? Mom and dads, you need to know who your kids hang out with. I'm going to say it again. Mom and dad, and I'm not, listen, and if you're still under mom and dad, don't be mad at me. You'll thank me one day. Mom and dads, you need to know who your kids hang out with. I can tell you over 30 plus years of ministry, I've seen a whole lot of heartbroken parents that on one level had done virtually everything right, but they did not monitor who their kids hung out with. And as a result, they picked up things. And the scripture is true. Bad company corrupts good character. This word means to ruin. Character also includes the habits of a life. And you know what? In, in this case, it's just a dangerous, dangerous thing. The key is who you're traveling with. Listen, who you loiter with, you're going to litter with. Who you walk with, you're going to talk with. And then eventually you start to walk and talk like they talk. You know, you can pick up from people. You can pick up from people what they're listening to, what they're reading, what they're watching, and most of all, who they're hanging out with. You know, they'll come home with, with something, and it's like, where'd you get that? 
When did you start talking that way? When did you start acting that way? When did you start dressing that way? And we start to pick those things up. Y'all, y'all mad at me or are you with me here? Okay. I'm, I'm, this going to help you. And do not think that I'm, I'm targeting, you know, seventh grade peer pressure. I'm talking about all of you. All of us. That we've got to be careful who we're hanging out with because they will influence you. And like I said, who you're walking with, you're talking with. And you can pick it up from somebody. If you're hanging around positive people, it'll be coming out of your mouth too. If you're hanging around negative doom and gloomers, that'll be coming out of you too. Just by virtue of being there. You know, if it's a can-do attitude or a failure attitude, doubt and unbelief or faith, you know, loser mentality or victor mentality, I'm telling you, it largely is influenced and fed by the people that are around you. Bad company corrupts good character. I remember I was probably ninth grade, maybe 10th grade. I had, you know, my buddies. And the first one of us got his driver's license and he got a car. It was a sorry car, but we were now mobile. <laughs> and we had plans. So I said, tonight we're going to go do this. And we're going to cruise and, you know, just see what's out there. And so, okay, I got to get permission. So I walk into the kitchen and my mom is peeling potatoes. Y'all know what that is? I know everything's in a box or a bag now, but... My mom, water's flowing in the sink, and she's, she was quick too, man. She's just peeling potatoes, getting ready for dinner. Never even looked up, and I said, Mom. She goes, yeah. I said, so-and-so got his car. Oh, that's, uh. And I said, so he's a really good driver, and he's very responsible. And uh, I said, hey, we uh, kind of got plans that we were going to kind of just go and just drive around and see our fair city and and she didn't even look up she goes you're not going anywhere with those idiots (laughs) probably saved my life you know seriously bad company corrupts good good character i want to give you a test here in just a moment and i want to prep you for the test and we'll just take a quick quick test here you got to pass it too, okay? You got to pass it. All right, here's, I'm going to go ahead and give you the answers to the test, okay? Good friends are wise friends, okay? Good friends are wise friends. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put something up on the screen here in a moment, and it's going to be fill in the blank. I will fill in the blank, and you need to tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Okay, how many of you watch Family Feud? Okay, uh, when the answer is wrong on Family Feud, what do we hear? Good, good, good. Y'all are the best service yet so far on that, okay? And uh, if I get it right, what do we hear? Bing, 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 bing. Okay, okay. So let's do this real quick. Good friends are cool friends. Good friends are funny friends. How many know they're fun to be around though? Okay, all right. Good friends are rich friends. Good friends are good looking friends. Good friends are wise friends. Okay, all right. Now you're going to go home and your 
Somebody said, what'd y'all do in church today? So, and if you're visiting with us, I just got all of you because you'll remember this. You'll remember this. Good friends are wise friends. He said, but pastor, I've got people in my life that are not wise. I see today there are people that are, they're foolish. People that are reckless, that are careless. Am I supposed to get rid of them? Look at me. No. We've just got to know where to put them in our life. It's just like if we're driving in a caravan, there's some people, it's like, okay, you're going to ride in car four. See you at lunch. And then there's other people, ride in my car. Ride with me. Ride shotgun. You know, and you, you, want, to, you want to sort out where all, of this, where all of this goes. I want to show you something, and hopefully you can remember this. This is your life. And these concentric circles here. You're going to have to put some people, and you're kind of right here in the middle. You're going to have to put some people in what I call the circle of concern. The circle of concern. These would be people, they might be rich, they might be funny, they might be whatever, but you know what? You would never ask them for advice. You don't want them to babysit for you. Okay? You really don't want their influence. Maybe you can't even help that they're in your life. Maybe you work with them or they live next door or whatever. You know where they need to be? They need to be in the circle of concern, which means this. We're believers, right? Are we on a mission, right? This needs to be this. I'm concerned about them. I love them. In their goofiness, in their brokenness, I love them. And I will pray for them. And I will live a life that reflects where I do stand, where the authentic, real me and what God has done in my life, I'm going to live that life. That doesn't mean you preach at them all the time. It means you shine. We are salt. We are light. We are sugar. Okay? And we live that way. You don't just get people out of your life. Now, there are some toxic, dangerous people that don't need to be in your life at all. And through godly counsel and some sound wisdom, you understand that person does not belong at all. In, in my time zone, okay? But there are so many people that we have in our life that belong in the circle of concern. The second circle, coming a little closer, is going to be this, the circle of influence. Circle of influence. Guess what? It's a smaller circle. And these are people that you watch their life. You hear what they say about things. You do allow them to influence you. This is a precious, powerful circle in your life and you've got to separate that out these are people that you, you might would ask advice or you do observe what they value and then thirdly we come to the circle of intimacy and by intimacy i'm not talking about sexual intimacy that's another circle even closer closer on the inside and that's just you and one other but this intimacy has to do with this it has to do i'm safe there it's close it's safe and you're going to have very few people like that. You could tell them anything. You could ask them to hold you accountable. You know that they will love you enough to slam you against the wall and say, what are you doing? Are you trying to be a fool? You need to have people like that, that love you, that pray for you, that care for you, that you would trust them with anything. You need to have those people. All of our lives, you can't put everybody in the same circle. You can't put them all on the same level. Jesus had, you know, even post-resurrection, he had the... 500, he had the 50, he had the uh, 70, that's pre-resurrection, he had the 12 and he had the three. You know, and in, in our life, you, you're going to have all kinds of people in your life, toxics and dangerous ones, ask God for wisdom and get counsel on what do I do about that. But the people that do actually belong in your life, 
There are a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be in the circle of concern. And you know what you do? You walk in love. You walk in integrity. You walk in compassion toward them. And they might be, well, they're, they're dividers. They're, they're subtractors. But they're in your life. And God will help you with them. And then pray and, and nurture that next circle, the circle of influence. Thank God for those people. And you're going to find so many of those sitting around you in church and in small groups through church. That's where you're going to find more and more wise people. And then pray. If you don't have them, pray that God would really fill out that middle circle there, the circle of intimacy where you're safe and where they're close. And that's a beautiful place. And I'll tell you what, God is in that place. He is totally Lord in that place of your life. Here. Amen. All right. Well, I've got to finish this up. The Proverbs gives us a promise and it gives us a warning that if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. If you're a companion of fools, you're going to suffer harm. You're going to damage your future. And what all of us need to do is we've got to look at our life. Look at that trip that we're on. You know, my mother-in-law remarried last fall. My father-in-law passed a few years ago. She remarried. She's moved down to Tampa. And I hope she's not watching. Many of you know her, but I hope she's not watching. But if we go on a trip anywhere, um, she's not driving. Okay? I just just want want to say that. But I want her in the car, and I love her. But, you know, everybody's got to kind of find their place in, in your life. Because, listen, who you travel with and where you put them in life is going to have incredible impact on how your road trip goes and the bottom line it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being amen did y'all get anything at all out of this today